Hello, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. We keep coming back from these extended podcast breaks to like awful topics to discuss. Yeah. It's like we're Perfect. super. We're just going to jump right into it. I, th- yeah. There's been a few topics that have been, uh, le- you know, kind of forming over the past couple months that I've wanted to podcast on. But it's like we've been so busy but with we've starting been so the busy church. with we other stuff. Yeah, we haven't. So we're going to But then something so awful comes along that like we can't go past yeah, it. Yeah. So I guess uh, this is going to be a tough one in a couple different ways because uh, there's going to be a lot of things said that people are going to, it's going to trigger a lot of people, but just uh, listen <laughs> and, and uh, maybe if you're, if if you're kind of iffy on this podcast and you're like, man, sometimes he really ticks me off, then like don't listen to this one. <laughs> oh, and I found legit a Twitter post from her on how to pronounce her last name. <laughs> oh, is it really I a post? Like, okay, I can't so find anything, and I'm like, how do we do this? I hate. We're gonna totally say it wrong. All right, so the first topic that we're going to to talk about and this is really one of those topics that hits home because I have a two-year-old child so I definitely understand you know the the we'll get into that but if most of you if you haven't already heard by now uh, Bethel's at it again in this way, in a very unfortunate way, they are enough to. Somebody sent me this article yesterday, and then somebody else sent us to it, or sent it to us again. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah today, and that's where I was just like, "All right, fine, we got to talk about it," because it. Um, and I'm actually going to read Travis's statement on it. Oh, absolutely. Because I thought Travis's statement was great, so mm-hmm. I'm actually going to use that. And I think mine kind of mirrored the same, yeah. the same kind of thing. But anyway, uh, they're back in the news with their with another worship leader yeah. who tragically and i'm not making light of the situation at no, all because like i said this is where i mean i'm getting choked up because i can't even imagine i have a two-year-old child mm-hmm. so her two-year-old child stopped breathing in the middle of the night just stopped breathing relative a healthy child they can't figure out well that's what's, literally so nuts, what's going looking on through her instagram was, i mean they were just this playing is just, yeah i mean it's Christmas just literally all of a sudden stuff. just boom yeah. happened so they are dealing with that tragedy. Uh, her family and, and this are dealing with this tragedy. And this now. is that. And this is. Callie Heiligenthal, or just make the most German sound you can, is how she <laughs> answered this question on May 9th, 2015. That's kind of funny because we, we both had a hard time like, pronouncing her last name. How on earth do you name. pronounce it? So that's how, yeah. So she is a, she's a Bethel worship. Is she? She's a Bethel leader, right? Yes. Okay. Um, at Bethel, which if you guys have Bethel, been around, you know they're very heretical right. uh, church in Redding, California. Right. And I want to separate the tragedy from the reality. I mean, there's some, there's just some things here, and I, there's no way I want to talk about somebody, you know, and like, but you've got some serious problems here. Yeah. Um, because, because what are they doing? What are they back in the news for? And apparently. They're back in the news, and every this is an this started, I guess, off an Instagram post, and the church has been really actively into it about calling the church together to for this girl to be resurrected and, and praying for her to be resurrected uh, in this life. Yeah, 
It literally. It's got like 10,000 some odd likes on well, Instagram with people. Go ahead, read a couple of the scary comments. What's is looking through this, I'm you seeing people to. I follow on Instagram who are liking her posts. That and is I'm just unbelievable like, to me. Like, oh, I pray Jesus. for this. I pray for this family that is going through this tragedy right now. I, but I also, I know that this child is welcomed right now into the arms of the Lord. Yeah. And that she will be right until she will be resurrected one day but we and that's where we're running into the problem here is we have no control over this and this is part of the heretical teaching and i think this does a lot of damage in the you know um the the new believer category where they may not know everything that's wrong with bethel they may not understand it they may not get it let me just so, tell you, there's two posts. One where she says, we're asking for prayer. We believe in a Jesus who died and can, what is it? And conclusively defeated every grave, holding the keys to resurrection power. We need it for our little Olivia's, or Olive, sorry. I saw Olivia because that's our daughter's name. Uh, little Olive. Who yeah, that's where I said it I know, really it, hits it home. I, I, so I don't want to make light of this. It's exactly. just what is happening around it but and what I would plead says. to her mother now and, and her family. She says, uh, we need it for our little Olive who stopped breathing yesterday and has been pronounced dead by doctors. We are asking for bold, unified prayers from the global church to stand with us in belief that he will raise this little girl back to life. Her time here is not done, and it is our time to believe boldly and with confidence wield what Jesus, what King Jesus paid for. It's time for her to come to life. And then it says in the second post, uh, day three is a really good day for resurrection. We are overwhelmed with gratitude by your outpouring of love for us and faith for Olive. Jesus is faithful and true, and he's riding in with the victory he bought for Olive. Olive means victory, victorious any- awakening. We call on the mighty, all-sufficient name of Jesus, and we call you back by name, sweet girl. You will live. Thank you for your faithful declarations. Keep them coming. Worship Jesus with us. He is moving. He is good. He is worthy, and he is alive. And let me just share with you that these two posts on her page, um, the first one has like 135,000 likes on it with over 15,000 comments. And then the other one has uh, about 120,000 likes with just under 10,000 comments. And all of these comments, I mean, and and this is what's so heartbreaking about the situation because the situation obviously is awful and you wouldn't wish that upon anyone. But the comments and everything with this of today's the day. Yes, we're shouting in Texas. We're shouting in this state. I feel bad because I didn't, I don't know this part of the information. And like this just, this just all came out yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that this became kind of a big deal. And, uh, Talitha come, yeah. So, where is she? She's in the hospital. Is she on life support and pronounced dead? I, I don't. don't know. That's what I haven't understood about the situation. But yeah. I know that her, she has been in pronounced dead by doctors. That's the only thing that I know, but I do not know. So that doesn't sound like where she is. If life she's, support, that doesn't, unless it because it doesn't specify brain. To, and if anybody knows this information, we've looked for it. We've looked on the Instagram post and did some research on these, but there's very limited information, you know, available on it as of this podcast, as of our recording it. Um, 
One person quotes John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. We declare life today, not this one, Satan. Oh, no. And that's, this is, that's a huge issue. I mean, what does this say to to other people that have dealt with the loss of a child like this, too? I mean, there's so many issues with this. I mean, I don't. There's so much here, but th- th- there's a real issue in that is that people's response to that is, yes, one day she will be resurrected, but there's an order to that and there's a time for that. That's it. it Christ's second coming. That has nothing to do, n- nothing with anything that we can do here. That's part of, of Bethel's real um heretical kingdom now theology mm-hmm. attitude that they have because they're everything in Christ's kingdom applies to the here and now yeah. and it's not a literal kingdom of Christ uh, these people are I mean they're wolves in their doctrine people unfortunately are sucked into it because they don't know any better most of the time. Well, the music and the show and all of the stuff, it's so popular, it's so big. You know what I mean? You get bought in by this like hyper-emotional experience that you go through, right? You just bring up Bethel and people are like, oh my gosh, right? You get these these crazy reactions to these Bethel you know, saw, I mean, really the music, I think where it starts for so many people and you get into this just like hyper emotional thing and everything they say, it sounds so good and it makes you feel so excited and you can be, you know, just so powerful and have all of these amazing things working through you because Jesus chose you and no great, you know, this is that ain't no grave song, right? This like, is. And, and, in the way that they're, the way that they're throwing out, um, you know that he ho- that he holds the key. I mean, they're misquoting completely Revelation. Yeah. That yes, absolutely, Amen. He does hold, but this is not. You're, you're this is not here and now. This is his. This everything. is not. This is not yours. This is not ours. This is not something that we control. And that is, this is all of Bethel's issue. This is what they teach, though. Yeah. That it's this that we go out and make these that we are apostles just like the biblical apostles and they oftentimes point point to paul resurrecting in acts and they're like see paul did it we can it it does not work that way you cannot do that that's not for us paul's very also very clear about that in first corinthians and well you know also in 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 Thessalonians that there's a there's a time that this stuff's going to happen and there's an order to this that it's going to happen and but it and it has nothing to do with anything that we can control nope. and in saying that is just i mean it's just heretical and tragic and um I pray for these parents to get out of the cult and the lie that's Bethel um cultish they have a podcast on here they have done bethel um they've done some really good stuff on bethel we've done some stuff on bethel um justin peters is probably one of the best people to go to for bethel but these 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 guys are dangerous 
And this is why, I mean, the music that comes out of there, this is the kind of stuff that's a problem that we as believers can't have any association with. And we need to uh, definitely try to preach some truth into these people wherever and whenever we can. Not go at them and beat them over the head with it. But, um, you know, if we ever come into personal or have this, you know, ministering opportunity for somebody, we should definitely take it. And because this is... Like I said, I mean, this is just straight out of, it's demonic. This is what we are reading in First John. What? This is, uh, I was just scrolling through. Um, this is an article that was shared just more with this unbiblical new apostolic reformation right. here with all of Bethel Church dead raising team. They actually have a dead raising right. team. Right fails to save two-year-old it says in spite of having a dead raising team who specialize in bringing the deceased back to life bethel church was unable to resurrect a two-year-old despite repeated pleas for help from a leader of their church and music performance team jen johnson who heads up bethel music and is a regular preacher at bethel church pastored and founded by her father-in-law bill johnson repeatedly called out for the resurrection of a two-year-old from the dead over the weekend. It was tragic, and we should pray for divine comfort for the com amen. for the child's family yeah, that's what we're and saying. that he might be gracious in his providence. Yes, amen. No individual is credibly reported to have been raised from the dead since Paul raised yeah, on, Eutychus it, yeah, in Eutychus, Acts yeah. 20. Did I say it properly? This miraculous That's feat, what I was just talking about. Yeah, that's what made me. I was like, oh, my gosh, hold on. Um, this miraculous feat was done by God through the prophets and apostles. There are 10 reported cases in the Bible other than Jesus. However, Bethel Church is part of the New Apostolic Reformation, which believes they are, they are modern-day prophets and apostles, complete with all their power. Bethel Church reportedly right. has, a dead, has dead raising teams as covered in the Reading... Uh, search. I kind of cut off. I can't tell what the article says right there. Bethel Church reportedly had. Oh, there it is. Uh, dead raising teams as covered in the Reading Searchlight publication. The dead raising team, run by Tyler Johnson, was lauded by Bill Johnson in a sermon in 2008, in which he commended it as a ministry to be supported and promoted by the congregation. Their goal is simple: raise the dead. To date, the team claims to have raised 12 people. There is no supporting <laughs> evidence for even one of these claims. Yeah, have you seen? They've done investigations, and that's part of what uh, oh, on these bless. things to see where in. Nobody's been able to find these people. Johnson, the dead raising team founder, is a graduate of the Bethel School of the Supernatural. Yeah, that's what Bethel Church repeatedly recalls claims of resurrections, and their youth are known to visit graves and demand people raised from the dead. Uh, the bottom here says Jen Johnson continued to pray um, for the child to be raised to life via her Instagram page. And they're quoting, I mean, just an insane mixture of scripture that does not fit. Bethel Church followers continue to decree and declare by the thousands that the child raised from the dead. Stop right there. <laughs> Stop right there with that word. I am so sick of hearing hearing that word among Christians. Yeah, if I you're a Christian and, and you use that word, stop immediately. And go read your Bible. And go read because you don't decree anything. You and don't declare. declare anything. Absolutely nothing. That you no. We uh, we just had yet yeah, on uh, Sunday. Our Sunday service, I'm, we went over the, the propitiation. Yep. And uh, 
once we came out of that service, yeah, you don't come out with a, a puff chest about yourself at all. You don't you don't do anything and you don't have any right to do that. Even if it's the I mean, we pray. We pray for God's will to be done in our lives. And and we pray for the best outcome, absolutely. But there's nothing here that we are we are deserved. Let's go ahead. Let me go ahead. Well, you go ahead and, and finish that and I'll no, read. No, I mean, that was like literally basically the end of it. I mean, they're really. All right. Well, then I will read. Tra- I'm going to read Travis's. He wrote a little statement on it. Well, because we, you guys started talking about this yesterday. And so he just kind of articulated, you know, what you guys were talking about with right. all of this. Yeah. So this is pretty much um, definitely pretty much the same exact wording that I would probably say it in here. Uh, He says, public miracles have always been used by God to testify about the messenger and often leads to either written revelation or bringing unknown groups to Christ. Right. Absolutely. And and it's that point right there that he says um, that they have always been used to testify about the messenger. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that's the problem that people get and misunderstand with this healing, mm-hmm. is it it makes no sense to, yes God does heal. There's there's no doubt about it. And in but how He does that we don't know. We yep. don't understand how that works, because we live in a fallen world and our bodies are dying. We are groaning. Paul even talks about it in second. We long to bring mm-hmm. to to have our earthly tents removed. And have our heavenly bodies put on. So there's nothing here that these dying, decaying bodies that we're longing to take off. Why are we going to prolong the process unless it's God's mm-hmm. sovereign will to do so? And that may be. And, I, and that's where that's fine. We pray that God, I, I pray that that is your will. But we can't direct that will at all. I mean, we, we we pray for people and we we definitely intercede in prayer for them. Um, that doesn't change God's will. No, that doesn't that doesn't. And you have to understand that, especially about this type of issue. So w- that type of stuff is obvious. That in the first century, when you know Christ had died, these apostles were dying. The word needed to to carry on and needed to be spread all around the globe. So there's 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 ways of validating their ministry that God used that are we don't get the same validations because the word has been preached. The word is out and there's enough of us here to go and and have our own ministries and 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 go and preach the gospel. and, And it's already spread. We already have that. But they use it in just this most heretical way that that just brings a lot of dishonor and a lot of misunderstanding to God and anybody caught up in this mess needs to understand that point all right Travis continues saying um as an open door for the message of Christ like that's the the reason to to bring that type of healing that he used in the first century on Bethel is 
known for seeking signs and revelation mm -hmm. and elevating them above Christ, who is the greatest gift we could ever receive. We certainly pray for God's will to be done and do more in this situation. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the Lord. Amen. Uh, my concern is that Bethel is not a congregation that God would use to demonstrate miracles, especially with the amount of attention given in social media and false claims their leadership makes. If this breaks the proclaimed faith of this couple, if their daughter is not raised, which we're at day, what, three? Three, then not only or is four, that, that at the hands of Bethel leadership, but it also shows that they did not have true faith. Like seed in rocky soil, sprouts and dies, no fruit. But when the sun comes, the tribulation comes and scorches it. Per, or or not the tribulation, but when tribulation comes. Personally, it also feels like testing God. But I know their plea is genuine. Also, what about the many other children of born-again Christians throughout history that passed away? Granted, this is more public since Bethel has a significant following, but not for the right reasons. Which I thought, <clears throat> which we already addressed a lot of that, and I already I completely mm -hmm. agree with the way he kind of summed it up. But um, yeah. This is just this is this is at the hands of their leadership. This makes a huge problem and I mean for us as Christians to be associated with and people you know of the world looking at this situation and saying this I mean it's these types of things that uh, we have got to get away from it and understand what we are actually saying when we try when we say these things we can mourn yes amen but well I think that's kind of funny too because we've talked about Bethel before and I love that people are like so what, you don't like their music? Like, no, it's the music is honestly the tip of the iceberg. It's that little thing they dingle out there and they get everybody, you know, into their stuff. It's like you understand that like supporting these things is supporting stuff like this. People who are going around and teaching that you can decree and declare what God is to do. And he's just going to walk up and resurrect someone right. back from the dead because... You're coming and that's what I keep like, saying. Like, why would he prolong a body that's being that's dying and decaying? I mean, he may do that for his own purpose. I, like, that's fine. Yes, he does still do that. Um, there's been plenty of things that have happened. But um, what what really makes me nervous, is especially these. Yes, divine healing has happened. Yeah, um, sure. In, in in this. Yeah. In this time period how again how we you know that just comes you know we can pray for this but it also we also don't think about the position that we're putting that we we as humans put god in a box saying yeah. okay so if i pray hard enough and i have enough people he's going to miraculously heal this one person but ah, if i don't have enough prayer uh he's not gonna do it so i mean you got to think of what kind of things that you're saying when you say that this happened, it's like, no, for the most part, unless God's plan for you, this individual, which that's God's business, that's none of ours. If, if something, if he decides to prolong their life and he does it in a, a miraculous way, you know, then that, okay, I acknowledge that that stuff happens. Again, that's just not 
we don't have we can't figure out the the mechanics of that we don't know how that works we don't we don't know why it is that some people die and some people get sick and some people are suffering and then some people aren't we don't understand that and that's what a lot of a lot of doctrinal issues come down to misunderstandings come down to that understanding right they'll say well no, we as Christians over here in the United States, we have it so much better than the rest of the world. So clearly there can't be any rapture. There can't be any, you know, no, you're going to go through the tribulation. It's going to get bad and it's not bad. You know, it's clearly all of those things because we have it so much better than the Somebody rest of else, the world. Yeah. But that's, a, that's the most ridiculous. I mean, that really is a ridiculous even statement to think that. Because never throughout history has there been one particular person or, or a large group of people that haven't been suffering in a, in, a, in a place that was more well off. But it doesn't make us rich men over here and it doesn't give us this awesome guarantee or, or you, know, to, you know, for this, this perfect life over here. Now our sufferings may not compare, but also think about what Jesus said about a rich man and look at us over here. Look how easy and look how, how much we forget God. Look yeah. how easy it is to forget God and to completely push God away from everything. And we get late and we don't know what true faith is. We don't know who God is because we're running around declaring things and thinking that we're going to resurrect people from the dead. If we, but yet the churches in the underground no, China and in the Middle East are right. growing like crazy. Right. Where America's Where churches. Where we have no most, And then most people have no genuine, true, sound doctrinal foundation yeah. that they come from. So do we really have that much of an a, a, a advantage on a persecuted Christian in another country? I would say we're at the disadvantage. We're at, we're at a complete disadvantage in a completely different way. Well, like you and I talked about, we need more domestic missionaries. Right. Proclaiming right. the exactly. truth of the gospel right. here in exactly. America. Exactly. Domestic missionaries is dead. exactly what we need. Well, look That's at this. Exactly so Paul is telling us not to grieve like those who have no hope, but Bethel's teaching that... Oh, yeah, don't worry about that. You just have to have enough people to pray and right. declare these things like you can make stuff happen. Right. I don't. It, it, like it's how do you reconcile all these things? And, and that's where a lot, like I said, that's where a lot of doctrinal differences come into play. And, and it's and it spreads people. But it's just that type of statement is I don't know. Maybe maybe America will get persecuted in, in the next 20 years. Certainly the direction that it's going, sure. I'm not, I would not be surprised. The way the, the different things, I think. Maybe we need some persecution so we can finally get the real church coming back to life over <laughs> here. I mean, I mean let's start praying be, for persecution. Yeah, I mean, that would be, I mean, that would be considered a revival. <laughs> right? <laughs> Which. I mean, look at what's happening in China and the Middle East. And, you know, I mean, you look at these different uh, countries and, and it's like, man, I mean, North we would, Korea even. And, and maybe so. Maybe that is how far we get. I don't know. I don't know. You know, the I'm eschatology is one of my favorite subjects. And I can't tell you that I know exactly how that's going to work. And I've studied this stuff and nobody yeah. does. Nobody understands like what level. I believe in a pre-tribulational rapture. But. I don't know how bad we get to there's no there's no evidence of showing how much we know we will get persecuted. 
-hmm. we know that maybe persecution will spread globally and it'll come over here and maybe i don't know but as far as is saying that we need to go through these things and everything yeah that's just a it's just a rough understanding of it but um I don't know how we how do I I don't know how I got there on Bethel. So maybe we should just put this one to bed. Um I don't I really hate doing a podcast this early about something. I've I learned I should have learned my lesson with the Kanye podcast that I need to sit on something for a little bit and just wait to see what all comes out of the Bethel stuff. So I don't think that there's anything that could come out of this that would be uh, different. I mean, I I would call all of our brothers and sisters to be praying for this family and um you know mourning their loss but also praying that they come to a true understanding and saving knowledge of jesus christ because currently the the version that they have is an antichrist version and i was talking about how we on our sunday service we're going through uh first john mm-hmm. and he's very clear that you know anybody that denies these fa- you are an antichrist and he is not he does not hold any punches by defying this. Yeah. And it's because Jesus Christ is the at ad, your advocate and propitiation for sin that anybody that comes and says anything apart from these things doesn't understand that sacrifice that had to be given and is clearly against Christ. So that's that's a very scary situation. So the second thing, actually, I guess, rolls right into perfectly because I was just going off on this whole American church thing. Yep. It always goes back to that. It, goes, it always does. Babylon B. Oh, here they you go. They nailed it. Nailed it again. And I might have done this one before, but they have updated this their story. So I don't know. They might be running out of stories over there. You should, everybody should go and download their podcast. I know it sounds like it's silly. But, you know, that's part of what I was going to explain about this article. See, they meant for this article to be funny. Mm -hmm. But I also have listened to these guys that have, that are behind the Babylon Bee in their podcast. They are very, they're very candid. And they also have true hearts for Christ. Yes. They're funny people, but they also have a ministry that they use the Babylon B4 mm-hmm. and they use it for humor f- to get you thinking about these. And this even gets non-believers laughing at some of the things a- and that's part of their ministry. But the guys behind the Babylon B have a true heart for Christ. So the, what they're saying in this article is funny, but you know, they're, trying to provoke a true biblical response and thought from readers and they they often um they often point at those cultural things and this is hilarious but the the article that they did was sodom and gomorrah wondering why america hasn't been obliterated yet okay (laughs) (laughs) take a minute to laugh it's literally Sodom and Gomorrah asked, why hasn't hasn't America America been been obliterated I died. So it says, afterlife. Former residents of Sodom and Gomorrah, speaking to reporters in the afterlife, recently questioned why the United States hasn't been wiped off the map by Almighty God yet. Good question, right? Why haven't they? I died. 
I really died when I read that. Those who once resided in the notoriously sinful cities are beginning to complain that America is still in existence despite its senseless slaughter of the unborn and unquestioning acceptance of the activities that were considered unthinkably perverse just a decade (laughs) or two ago. That's what I'm talking about. Like, it's funny the way that they worded that, but they're honestly serious. Look what it says. Those who once resided in the notoriously sinful cities are beginning to complain that America is still in existence despite its senseless slaughter of the unborn. True. Unquestioning acceptance of activities that were considered unthinkably perverse just a decade or two ago. It's funny that you're reading this because I just saw something earlier today that there's a new campaign, a new some art something whatever, and you know a bunch of people get behind this, but um, that princesses, the Disney princesses shouldn't be marketed just to girls because boys can be princesses too is the like slogan or whatever so they're literally doing photo shoots of boys as the disney princesses to show that boys can be princesses well i mean it's it's amazing that it's in all of our emojis Mm -hmm. all the it's Mm -hmm. in it's it's literally everywhere. everywhere The kids, oh, your girls for their birth for uh, Lily, she just had her birthday, and then we went to the store that she wanted a Barbie for her birthday. You should have seen how long it took us to try to find a Barbie that, like, because they wanted they wanted a girl Barbie and a boy Barbie for their game because they wanted a mom and a dad with their little game that they play, you know, with the things. And it was like we kept trying to find a Barbie. I'm like, where's a ki- a Ken Barbie that looks like a Ken Barbie? Like, where do we find a boy Barbie that looks like a boy Barbie? So the girl Barbie can be the girl Barbie. I mean, it's ridiculous. Ken n- never did really look too manly. Though. No, I mean, I'm not saying that Ken was like the most masculine figure we've ever seen, but yeah, you he wasn't ever at all. But you should see. Yeah, like I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's not that even. which that is. <clears throat> but that's just one example. I mean, this is just across the board, right? So the article goes on to say. Those who once were... Oh, wait, no, I just read that part. Yeah, we we were pretty jacked up. But have you seen some of the stuff that goes on in America nowadays? One man said, shaking his head, which was on fire. People are letting their kids dress up as drag queens and dance for money in gay bars. They literally kill hundreds of thousands of babies a year. They bomb foreign countries 24-7. We did bad stuff, sure, I'm not denying that, but come (laughs) on. Even I can see the nation needs a hearty helping of fire and brimstone. That oh. is, amen. Yeah. That should be what we're hearing called from the pulpits. And he goes on to say, I mean, he can do whatever he wants, God, obviously. But if I were in the U.S. right now, I'd be heading for the hills, he added, shrugging. <laughs> and I wouldn't be salty about it either. Wouldn't even look back. <laughs> they also pointed to the fact that the Big Bang Theory has been running for That's over 10 so years. Funny. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. They also pointed the fact that the Big Bang Theory has been running for over ten years. That they put that in there to be funny, but that was mixed in with all the other yeah, stuff. I'd is be spot heading on. for the hills. He added, shrugging. They, what their point is here? It's like, hey, yo, pay attention to where you're at. What's going on, guys? And like, in in the seriousness of what's going to happen, because, um, you know, I I do believe that the days of Noah reference definitely applies to the tribulation period but it also applies to the time before the tribulation period uh when you know humanity mankind has got back to this completely uh immoral state it's it's just it's it's crazy um 
but I read that and I was just like, you know what? While we're on controversial topics that are really upsetting, why don't we just throw that in there? It's great. It's a it's a thought provoking. Um, you know, you can't you can't deny, even though it's a lot of humor in here. Biblically, this is true, and the punishment for the the true story of God's punishment on Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, um, in the constant New Testament, well, not constant, it's a couple times, but referred to in the New Testament again as an example of rule being ruled by moral behavior yeah and that's what is it's worldwide it's it's all worldwide now i mean i'm will not be surprised to start seeing you know the most strictest middle eastern countries and you know start drag you know like start changing and i know even some have gotten a little bit more accepting of things that they you would have never seen i know some of them still straight up like eat i think i don't want to be ignorant standing but i know um there's still countries that kill homosexuals yeah which i mean that's atrocious yep. but um yeah it's um it's a sobering reminder and they use it in a funny way but if you go listen to their podcast you can catch those guys hearts because they they're they it's actually a serious podcast in the way of you know, you wouldn't expect it. You'd think something for the Babylon Bee would be like super um, sarcastic and funny and like fake news. Like we're going to have Ron Burgundy on here, you know? Yeah. Like, no, it's just they 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 hit a lot of actual real issues. Some of them are kind of funny because they, like me, are not big Trump fans. <laughs> so they. Const- I wonder they why you stand for biblical truths and you're not just obsessed yeah, just and groveling and, at the yeah, feet of Trump. That's they had, weird. They, they had a. Uh, the the author of the evangelical the evangelicals and trump book i forgot the name of it but anyway i'm sure y'all can go uh download that and listen to them they're they're really awesome um third i guess subject that i guess the one i kind of hit over um why has christmas become such a big deal again yeah to to people but why are christians defending it why are people like why is the world saying that it's wrong to celebrate christmas or like why are christians wh- what's why, your question why are, why are christians so up in arms to defend christmas yeah like why because why is this why is this question being raised but think about it for the past i mean heck easily 10 15 years all we hear all the time from any conservative Christian outlet, it's the war on Christmas. Right, Christmas is it's under the attack. the liberals to come. And We've all been conditioned to yeah. to think that Christmas is under attack from what? Like, who's attacking it? What's happening? Well, and the problem is, is a lot of evangelicals, I remember when it was, remember when the whole Xmas thing came yeah. out? It was taking Christ, Christ out, of, out Christmas. of Christmas. Yeah. Which Christ isn't in Christmas well, to begin with, but that's a different conversation, apparently. No, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's sort of this conversation because we don't want to say that there's anything wrong with celebrating Christmas um, as a Christian, but... Um, Christmas is not about... It shouldn't be about Christ. Christ, you know. And I think I made the point in... And not to say that this needs to spread for 
every every you know individual situation but i made the point this past sunday that the fact of christ's birth is not something to celebrate but you know what's funny is when i was reading through those different scriptures of the article i sent you today you know talking about that going why as christians should we celebrate christmas why are we doing any of this stuff? And I think it's interesting because like you and I have said in so many other things, I'm like, we I don't, don't know if we did. Have we ever done a Christmas podcast? Yeah. We have? Last year we did like three of them. Okay. I believe you. I don't remember. <laughs> I've done so many. No, but the point being is, do you stop and question the things that you do? things you care about the traditions you have like do you ever stop and even think about any of that stuff and we shared before you know that's why we started making changes we don't celebrate christmas anymore we started celebrating the biblical feast you know things started changing which leaves us being odd man out when it comes to family and everything else and it's weird but and people don't get it i want to but clarify our point was just that questioning these but things I, but i want to clarify that we don't that i i mean you don't I don't know. We we maybe feel a little bit different on it. I don't think we do. I think we feel the same. About Christmas. Yeah. I mean, you're way more like, no, I'm not going to do it than I am. But I, there's nothing wrong with celebrating Christmas. That's not the purpose of, you know, we don't think that if you're a Christian and you celebrate Christmas, you're doing something wrong or there's something bad about that. No, I think our point was more so if you're continuing to do these things and you've never stopped to contemplate and question and go to scripture. And I think that's kind things, of why like that was like, I think well, that's kind of doing? why I found it inner that the conversation is interesting because mm-hmm. we've said before that you came to me about it. Yeah. That you're like, hey, I don't want to celebrate Christmas. And I'm like, what? You're like, buddy, the elf. Why would you? I know. That's really weird. But okay, cool. Whatever. Like, Weirdo. are you sure the kids would be cool with it? Yeah. And like, are, are you, like, everybody's cool with it? Like, yeah. okay, sure. I'll do. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I really don't care. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I, there's been a couple times where I'm like, oh, you know, I've walked in somewhere and I heard Christmas and I smell, you know, you smell Christmas. And I'm kind of like, yeah. you know, I get nostalgic about it, of course. But it's nothing that I... But that's where I found interesting and there's mm-hmm. a there's a thought there's there's thought provoking things in there and I'm like, you know what, I pacify my nostalgia for it by saying, you know what, I'd rather use this time to be thankful and and I mentioned if um on on Sunday did, have I already said this? Yeah. Um, any Sorry you- guys, we have we've tried to cut this podcast in and it, it didn't work. So it's going to just be one long one. So but if I you guys come and join us for... Um, I just forget what I For what our I Sunday earlier. service, this past Sunday, um, Brandon preached on 1 John chapter 2. And that's where, not that he meant it to be this way, mean, but this and, topic and came up. And if reading it, you wouldn't go, how does this have anything to do with Christmas? Yeah. But it's it's 1 John chapter 2... He's got in verse in verse two, he mentions, well, in verse one, two, verse one and two, he mentions two very important words of who Jesus Christ is being the advocate in the propitiation. And it was propitiation that we went off, that I went off on um, and ended up kind of running that a parallel with Christmas saying do you understand what had to occur? What actually took place 
with the birth of Christ, what that actually was and what the conditions were. Let's think about this. They go, yeah, he was born our Savior. Amen. He was. In the, amen. There's no doubt about that. But why? Why did he have to be born? You understand that he had to be born to satisfy God's wrath. For you to even, for God to even be able to look at you in favor. And he had to send and satisfy his own justice through his own sacrifice that he gave to us. So thinking, you know, Paul Washer puts it in, in such a great way, but and I'll kind of that's where I kind of get my example from. But this would be imagine if we we had a criminal that we knew. I mean, just the most worst, vile, disgusting murderer, rapist, child. What just disgusting, vile individual is sitting there dancing in the street, celebrating about his freedom because he has salvation because he has this advocate and has this we wouldn't we would look at that and that would just be absolutely atrocious and disgusting to us but when we think that that okay that's exactly what had to occur with the birth of christ that's the exact same thing that had to occur is god because of sin and God can't over, God can't overlook sin, pretend it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. No, he has his divine wrath and justice. He is a judge and he must, he is just and he's righteous. And the problem runs into, and we have a dilemma in, in theology when, it, okay, so if God is 100% just, then he can't justify the wicked, a murderer, a thief. A rate, whatever you want to say. If he's just, he must punish that. So what had to happen? He had to have, he sent his own son as punish and punished him for our sins. So when Christ, and, and that's the other thing is, we get this idea that this is Christ's entry into the world. No, you have a very, very bad misunderstanding of the Bible. He's always existed. He's been there since Genesis 1. Who do you think that was walking with Adam in the garden? Mm-hmm. Who do you think that that was? Who do you think that he says, hey, let us cre- create them in our image? Who do you think that that was? We come to find out in the New Testament that, yes, that was Jesus there all along. The Son and the Father have always existed. He's not some created being. So we celebrate it like it's his birth and Jesus came to earth. We do cupcakes and, and sing and we happy do se- birthday. Yeah, exactly. It's like cute little nativity scenes. And guys, we did all of this stuff. I mean, we're talking to ourselves and all no, this. No, and he was, and and I took the church through Isaiah 53, and we read what exactly happened. It pleased the Father to crush him. Yeah. And then we want to celebrate the fact cards, that, no, you? no. No, because of your human depravity, because of what we did is the reason why he had to be born, why he was born in that manger, in the most filth, vile, disgust. I mean, he, he put off 
himself and took on the form of a servant and took the most vile conditions and suffered all of that for us and we celebrate it in that way. Now, that's where I think that we... I don't have any problem with Christmas in the way of if you want to celebrate your Savior. I th- amen, you should. Every but day. do yeah. it in the right context. Not in the context of, oh, Christ our Savior is born, the singing of the songs that we have and everything. When you're saying that, it should hurt. It should be something that bothers you. It should be something that's like, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you had to do that because of my depravity. I mean, he literally, he doesn't require it, but usually we as humans, the way that we think and the way that we treat other people, we wouldn't, we don't act proud in front of other people like that because of something that we were saved from. You know, right? If we're this murderer dancing in the street that just got left go of the judge, like we look upon that person that would be celebrating going, um, yeah, hey, you just got off. You probably should go into hiding, dude, because there's a lot of people that are looking and wondering why. So go and serve and love and do as you are called to be doing instead of dancing around. And in Look order for them to get away, he had to have that. We have to have that advocate, which so this it's a, it's a necessity that we had Christ. So if you're looking and understand, if, if you look at it from that way and understand it, that direction, this comes, this, this changes the time completely. You, you, your joy turns into mourning. You, you realize that I'm such a depraved human that I shouldn't be celebrating the fact that I had to, that God had to send his own sacrifice into the world to crush him just so I could have eternal. And that's not something that we should probably just be happy about. So this is a very solemn day. And if you're going to take this as this, it right? Should if this be is what we're celebrating, then let's take it as a solemn occasion. It's a solemn occasion. But are we all sitting around in sackcloth and pouring ash over our head, right? Like, Because, I mean, honestly, this is what... Listen, I'm not... If I don't need people emailing me and writing me and messaging... Is there something dripping? No, there's one of those really big, crazy centipede things that freaked me out that just ran up the curtain. Oh, okay. Well, Sorry, anyway. it was really big. Um. I don't know. He, Heidi was just like looking behind me all like up and down. I don't know what was going Those on. Those things there. terrify me. Yeah, I don't. The kids don't even know what they're called. So whenever they see them, they're like, hey, mom, it's those things you hate. That's <laughs> yeah, what that's the kids what everybody call calls them. It. Yeah. It's those things you hate. I don't want to. I don't need anybody messaging me or asking me or saying, well, I do this or what about this? Because I'm not I'm not judging each individual. No, not at person. all. If Listen, if you do, you celebrate Christ's birth the way that you. That's fine. As long as you're reconciled with the Lord, but to we stand just before him and right, do it, cool. and we just need We're to just understand. Saying, Stop and think about. We just some need of to understand things. these things, and we, I think, we as Christians need to understand that. Hey, maybe it's not such a joyous occasion. Yeah. Maybe it's this commercialization of Christmas and this adding exactly. of Christ into it that maybe, maybe I don't understand the realities here of the Savior being it being necessary that he came into the world so is it you like christmas because this is a worldly tradition that you enjoy in your culture or is it truly about christ because if it's truly about christ that's where now if you want to take christmas and if you want to celebrate it for the worldly holiday that it is go do it 
Because that's like that's what I wish that I think as Christians that we would do more. If you want to celebrate, I see it. Oh, it's not even that big. It's one of those. I think they're literally called house centipedes. Is what they're called. It's terrible. I don't know. We're Sorry. we're ignorant. It came and back, and it's I know that fast. somebody that listening probably <laughs> is like, things. yeah, that went to school. I went to school. College. I'm just scared of bugs. Oh yeah, I you went did to college, to college too. Um, Making fun of me. Your mom goes to college. Anyway. Yeah. So I, I no, saw, but I that's the point about college. it, right? So if it's just like a worldly cultural thing that you enjoy because it's part of your culture and it makes you feel comfortable and think of your childhood and whatever, like then that's in one totally different category. But it's this fact that it's about Christ and the focus is all the stuff. And it's like, okay, he wasn't born on December 25th. This is where Christmas comes from, right? You go through all this stuff, but then it's like, okay, so if that's what you want to celebrate it as, have you stopped to think about what christ being born as a human in the flesh means right and that's the point that we want to get to that it's like hey if that's what you want to celebrate I, it as then you actually do what you if you understand do, the the this. roots and the origins of it to me i find it more fascinating because it's literally like a neapolitan um yeah. of things that we as a country took yeah. and just said hey we like this this and this and this yeah. is going to be christmas which was totally cool. Like, that's how you gain tradition, well, I guess. What and, about the fact go, that it was outlawed in America for so yeah, long because well, <laughs> it was a pagan celebration, right? Then you see that and it's right. Like, oh my and gosh, it's like, so you know, and then in America, they were like, hey, we, we don't want we're not pagans, but this is kind of cool to do every year. Right. Like, uh, you know, I find that interesting and fascinating about it. So I'm not downing it or people that celebrate it. But I am I am calling Christians to completely understand and, and think about the fact that, yeah, his birth was not something to celebrate rather than to be thankful for. Um, you know, uh, certainly we can praise God for, for that sacrifice, but the weight of that, the reality of it is something that's just, man, I, I thank my Savior for coming into the world. But also the, the second part I think of this this whole thing was, that I that made me think when you came to me and said that you didn't want to do Christmas anymore it was like well we are not we're focused on Christ's first entry into the world as far as being a human but we're not or being a reality we're not focused on the second coming well yeah we love we go, to get all worked yeah, up over the baby in the manger but not live every day for the human that's great that he came and back. and when he came he brought in and the reality of his birth actually is the beginning of the beginning of the end it is really what the it is. That's really the way that it started, because his first the, the first time that he came, it was prophesied that he would. There's two comings that are very different. So if we've already reached the point in history where he came the first time. And he accomplished what he set to accomplish the first time. And the second, and, and we're in that period, in between that period, that's a very short period of time. He's already come. He's already been here. So this means that we're looking forward to the second time. But nobody really thinks about that. We, we just celebrate the fact of, oh, yes, we have Jesus as our Savior and praise God. And that's literally as far as we go with it. But I'm, but I'm taking this from a position where this is something that we were ignorant of and, and we did and, and everybody thought this and know in 
and maybe even people that are hearing this now are like, what? I hate you. Why are you saying things? This, why are you ruining <laughs> Christmas for me right now? Shut up. Well, it's not our intention. It, it's, it's not the, our intention, but it's like I, I know I never truly understood the meaning of it. <laughs> you guys can make those. I was today years old when i found out that celebrating christ's birth isn't a joyous occasion well but i mean even just i mean what we're saying even you know even in the christian way of celebrating you know the way that we celebrated christmas like christ or you know the savior's born we sing you know do you want me to read this yeah go ahead yeah okay so it's an article titled nativity celebration question mark what does the bible say celebrate the birth of jesus christ Many mainstream Christians do this very thing on each Christmas, and many Christian Jews and churches of God now also celebrate the Nativity during the Feast of Tabernacles, some even calling it the Feast of the Nativity. Why would any Christian have a problem with such a harmless token of worship? Don't millions of people celebrate their own birth, date of birth? How much more should they, should they celebrate Christ? What could possibly be wrong with that? Come and let us look at the matter together. Which, again, I think is a fascinating thought of have you ever even stopped to think about it, right? Like, I think that was what was so fascinating for us is learning about these things and continuing on. It's like, why have I done this my whole life and I've never stopped to think about why? Why do we do this? What does scripture say? What am I doing? You know, that was our process of, like, stop and think about it. And hopefully we can encourage other people. Come to whatever conclusion is right between you and the Lord. That What your conclusion is is not my, you know, business. I'm saying, have you thought about it? So it quotes here Luke 2.8, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. It is, is not this an indication of celebration? Notice that the text says that this great joy to all people is in a future context as noted by the words shall be. When is there to be great joy to all people? Not until the millennial reign of Christ that is, is come. That's interesting because he was born. The, the, most people think that that refers to him growing up and will accomplish mm-hmm. these things when he gets older. That doesn't change who he is as a baby. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change who his identity was as a child. Well, that's why I love this. This millennial reign of Christ, that is when there will be great joy unto all the people. Amen. That's the point. That's the time period that everybody is looking for and confused about. It's been nearly 2,000 years since this this baby was born. We don't have great joy to all the people. This is what ties into with this Bethel stuff. Exactly. See, this all does come full circle. It does, though. (laughs) It it does come full full circle because this stuff, this Mm -hmm. world that we're expecting and wanting and confused about, even as evangelical christians mm-hmm. regular christians were 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 a little confused as to where this applies so continue because i think the article explains it no it does it does a great job um it says this time of great joy that shall be told of by the messenger of god does not refer to jesus's human birth a savior is born sounds like a reason for this joy one might say but had christ saved anyone at that point 
Was he anyone's savior at that point? Had he overcome all temptations to be worthy to act as our intercessor? No, not at this point. But Christ would live another 33 and a half years before he had overcome all temptation and was sacrificed for our sins. And that is when he became our savior. Let us continue. Luke 2.12 says, And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was the angel with a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So to whom is the glory given here? Was it to the little baby Jesus? Or do we see the glory and praise being given to God in the highest? This is not to say that Jesus becoming flesh was not a great thing, but it is not by his birth that we are saved. Neither are we told by God to celebrate it. Does the scriptural record witness that annually at this day of Jesus's birth, whichever day that truly was? Cause so even though this, sorry, I'm interrupting you because yeah. even though what this article sounds like, it sounds like this is contrary to the statement that I just made before this, but it's not because the statement that I made was that's what we think about yeah he's making this point that it was not until this point that he became our savior that his death is what is what fully accomplished exactly my point was is people don't understand they think that it changes the identity of who he was as a oh baby. yeah absolutely so not. that was where as you're reading that i didn't want people to sure to get tripped up on that um it says so does the scriptural record witness that annually at this day of Jesus's birth, the heavenly host would once again offer up praise and glory to God in the highest in honor of Jesus's birth. No, nowhere. It, if we take the ideals of the pagan Christmas day and begin to apply them to God's true feast days, then how are we any better than Constantine who blended paganism with the faith once delivered to create modern Christianity? We will search the scripture for further information. So then it says, what did the shepherds do upon witnessing this event? Did they praise the infant and exchange gifts between themselves? Let's look at Luke, right? 2.15. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and show this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told to them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen and it was told unto them please notice that the shepherds gave all praise and glory to God they did not exalt the day of Jesus's birth nor mark the day in any way it's interesting isn't it which I think is an interesting note right there are these shepherds who are there <laughs> seeing these things happen they're not there bowing down to the baby they're not you know putting a crown upon his little newborn head right they're not doing all these different things that we see so often they're giving praise and glory to God and then they leave should we celebrate that he was born a king Matthew 2 1 says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. Jesus was born to be king, but was not king at the time of his birth. Actually, Herod was king of Judea at the time. We must take notice that his kingdom is a great future coming rulership. 
Matthew 2.6 says, And though Bethlehem and the land of Judah are not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of these shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Isaiah 9.6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. The government of God under the kingship of Christ has not yet been established on this earth or there would be lasting peace. We don't have that, right, guys? Is there lasting peace on earth and all goodwill toward men? No, we're so far from that. You can't even see straight. You can't even be friends with your family on Facebook without fighting and bickering over stupid stuff that doesn't matter. Okay, it's not here. So should we celebrate the birth of Christ as king now? Before being given over to a death sentence, Jesus had said in John 18, 36, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight? That I should not be delivered to the Jews? But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You have said that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness unto the earth. Every one that is of the truth hears my voice. Christ was born for a great purpose. Absolutely. We're not disagreeing with that. But it is that purpose that is to be rejoiced in, not his birth. Our rejoicing in hope lies not in the fact that he was born as a helpless infant, but that he became our great savior through enduring all trials and overcoming all things, perfect and blameless without blemish or spot. For only by his death can we attain our resurrection. He was born so that his life, death, and resurrection would bear witness to God the Father and not to exalt himself. Um, they have, according here to a December 23, 1996 issue of U.S. News and World Report, the earliest Christians simply weren't interested in celebrating the nativity. The same magazine continues, they viewed birthday celebrations as heathen. The third century church father, Origen, I think is how you pronounce it, I don't know, had declared it a sin to even think of keeping Christ's birthday as though he were a king, Pharaoh. The early so-called Christians did not even think of holding a festival in honor of anyone's birth, let alone, obviously, Christ or anything like that. So it's interesting to note mm -hmm. that even that type of an idea is so relatively new. Um, to God be the glory. First uh, Corinthians 1031 says, uh, whatever you eat or drink and whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Remember that the shepherds did not glorify the infant Jesus, but gave all praise and glory to God. When we take a low position, one of servitude, then the Lord will see what is in our heart and he will raise us to the glory. James 4.10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. A true converted Christian will not take pride in himself, neither would he exalt himself. Romans 12.3 says, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Matthew 23.12 says, and whoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. And everything we do, the Christian is obliged to give all the glory and honor to God as we were purchased for a costly price, and our bodies are no longer our own. 
1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, what, uh, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God and you are not your own for you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Do we celebrate our own birth in honor of God or do we stay humble and give all glory to God? What did Jesus do? How about Jesus' spiritual rebirth? Was it celebrated? No, it wasn't. So why should we exalt the physical birth over the spiritual birth? Ecclesiastes 7.1 says, A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. So why was Jesus born of the flesh? Hebrews 2.9 says, But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. And this was Brandon's whole point with this past Sunday's episode. If you guys um, come join us at APHomeChurch.com, the links and everything are on there, but this is what the point was. He was born of the flesh to suffer death. He is crowned with glory and honor by his death for you and me. Colossians 1 in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. He was blameless and laid down his own life for us sinners. And that is why the father had lifted him up. Matthew twenty three twelve says, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Philippians 2, 5 says, let the mind be in you, which was also in Christ who may being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also highly exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of the things in heaven and the things in earth and the things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is why Jesus Christ has been celebrated by the Father. And this is a good example for those of us who are willing to listen and take heed rather than follow our own vain imaginations. Jesus humbled himself. He did not exalt himself in birthday celebration of any kind. He was born to die for you and for me. Yeah. Is that the end of that order? No, there's like one little part. Did you want me to finish or do you want to say something? I want to go ahead and say something because yeah. um, it's important to note. I was looking on there. The, I don't think we're going to post the article. We can just read it because I was looking on their website and they've got some like weird articles on these people. Yeah, website. I know nothing about it. the ministry that so, wrote this. We just got yeah, this article. So I was like, I, wow, I guess thank it, you. Yeah, this, but this does f just the, they were, I mean, a broken clock is right twice a day, right? I, I mean, there, there are, um, and not that they, I, I don't see anything heretical in there or anything like that in their stuff, but it's definitely nothing that I agree with. And so it's kind of crazy, but, um, they're, they, they haven't said anything in this article that I strongly disagree with. Yeah. Obviously we, we're not saying that, um, they're, they're adding the, the pagan and the Constantine reference in the beginning. I mean, that, all that, that's not what we're saying. Um, that's just what the they're saying in the article. So I don't associate my everything with this. What I do associate ourselves with is the point of this article yeah. and what you just read. 
right there. But go ahead and read that. Just well, the and, rest the, and of the that's part, the whole so point of it, right? Like it the focus, the reason for Christ being born was for his death, for the appeasement of God's wrath, right? That was Brandon's whole intro. That's the, the whole point of what we're saying. Do you ever stop and think about that in the celebration, right? We want to keep Christ in Christmas. We want to use hashtag Jesus is the reason for the season, right? We want to do all these things, but do we really stop and go, why did he have to be born? Why are you even talking about the Messiah being born of the Virgin? Like, why are you even talking about it? The reality of his birth was a reality that God had come in the flesh. Yeah. For forgiveness of sin. And once you, you, you understand that, you like, that's just not something that you go, wow, I am indebted. Yeah. I'm not definitely not celebratory. I am appreciative you look i mean we we need to look we need to refocus our i think our thinking on how we look at it if well and that's why we thought we, we should share this how yeah. we celebrate is this really so a instead time of to be celebrating said if we celebrate morning. christmas or should we that's i don't that's an argument that i don't intend to get in no but and i think we sh whatever but it's how you celebrate it yeah i think it has that's it's it's how you do it and then they go on just to finish up here, because um, obviously the point of this is not Christ coming to exalt himself on a birthday celebration, right. but coming to die for you and for me. Like, do you understand? Like, a man died. Are, are you getting that? You know, are we understanding that? And he literally was born. He had to die. Yeah. That was his that was whole his, purpose. That was the whole purpose. And that's why we took everybody to Isaiah 53. Exactly. Said, look what had to happen. And it was prophesied that the Messiah must suffer these things. And all of a sudden, it really makes my gut sick when I think of how proud I was to make cupcakes and sing songs. You know what I the mean? The reality like, of him being so born, more. and that's where I like this article talking about the show, that really, and they glorified God. Yeah. Because that's like, and that wasn't in a good, like we, we figure it, no, it, it probably was done with a lot of weeping and understanding of what that actually meant. Yeah. They understood that this is, you know, this is the actual event that was foreshadowed by Abraham and Isaac on the very same mountain that Christ died on. So it's just a very, very um, somber thing, I think. Mm -hmm. Not so much happy. Yeah. Yeah, it takes all of the real cutesy little things right out the window, I think. It does, and that's where it kind of, and it kind of, in studying more this week on it, that kind of just made me more offended at the way that... We teach I, this topic. Yeah, because I, I, I just, in the way that we understand it in our culture, like I said, the music, the songs, the nativity, all these things... Mm -hmm. You look at that and you go, that do you know what that nativity scene means? We're not mm -hmm. thinking, oh yeah, that means Jesus, and we're happy about him being born. That's where I. That's what my understanding of Always, was it. Yeah. We and grew I up churchy. That's the un we did all the Christmas pageants, all the things. Part of yes. it. Yes. 
that we don't understand the solidness of what that means. Exactly. And that's where we run into well, the Well, and that's issue, kind of the frustration that the church largely lives in that state of spiritual milk and immaturity when it comes to Christmas. And this We've issue never grown. This issue is an issue that can this can separate because not understanding that God satisfied his wrath through and crushed his son, mm-hmm. his only begotten son, for our iniquities. Once we understand the weight of that. Yeah. And he was willing to do it. That's something to be thankful for. Yeah. Not happy about. I'm just, if if you're guilty, if you look at somebody that has paid for something that you did. I'm not putting up streamers and I'm not putting up and celebrating. I'm falling on my face. And I did a bunch of vile stuff that he paid for. Yeah. It's not stuff that, you know, like, oh, well, it's okay to be thankful that that person was born that day because without them being born, you wouldn't have been forgiven. He was born for one to die the most awful death when he did nothing wrong because I (laughs) suck as a human being. Right. That's, That's exactly it. Uh, just finishes here the article saying the scriptures teach us of the importance of his sacrificing death. We commemorate his death at Passover each year as shown in first Corinthians. First Corinthians 11 starting in verse 24 says, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take and eat this of my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, also, he took the cup, which he had served, saying, this cup is the New Testament and my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. This this obviously this resource here is very um, messianic. Yeah, they're not. Absolutely. That's why they're they're talking about Passover, talking about the Lord's Supper being Passover. Because that's what it is, right. yeah. For as often as you eat and drink this, eat this bread and drink this cup, you should do until the Lord's death, until he comes. We are baptized into his death with true baptism by submersion, symbolizing the death for our old sinful nature. Romans 6, 3 says... Do you not know that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So we see that it is his death, not his birth, that is told by the scriptures to be recognized. I repeat... Ecclesiastes 7.1, a good name is better than precious ointment and the day of death than the day of one's birth. That's where I really started looking at it biblically when you said that you didn't want to do Christmas anymore. And I looked at it biblically and I said, why do we celebrate the birth? It yeah. makes zero sense. Yeah. And that they made a lo- they made a biblical case for it. And biblically, if we truly know that and we're truly like, how are we celebrating that factor? Well, and they ended it right here with, we must be very careful of subtle changes that bring us closer to the doctrines, traditions, and ways of this world. The churches of God are experiencing a continuous onslaught of blending of traditional ideas with that of the faith once delivered. We must exercise extreme caution and, like the Bereans, ever search the scriptures to prove what is truth. Studying the Bible and praying to God for his truth to be revealed is the only way we know how to handle all situations. 
that was your that explains your statement that you said at the beginning when you said Christ doesn't belong in Christmas. Yes. Because it's a worldly tradition that's cool that's great. Sure. That you that you as a Christian have every right to celebrate this worldly tradition. But perhaps we might want to rethink how we approach putting Christ inside this this time yeah it's like you have a pig and you go and you slap lipstick on it right. to try to make it a beautiful right. woman right like uh, that you can't right. just slap jesus on things and be like hey look no uh the, the point that the the little note that i had is the propitiation does not procure his love or make him loving the father it only renders it consistent for him to exercise his love towards sinners so this isn't something that he we should look at that he sent in this loving way no it had to happen to satisfy his just his righteousness because man you and i flesh disobeyed a holy and righteous God and told us not to do it. Yet we continually do it. Adam and Eve, a lot of people, they don't understand that it's not just Adam and Eve. Adam represents man. Yeah. This represents man, me and you. This is the curse that flesh is under even us now the only right standing that we have with god is because of the advocate in the propitiation for our sins which is christ but he only sees christ in us he can't look at us and look past our sins he can now because christ's blood atones for our sins but that's the divine dilemma and the fact that God can't be just and righteous and also forgive you. Because letting the wicked go, even God says in Proverbs that that's an abomination. He who justifies wicked. That's us. And he did. So how does this work? And how does God reconcile all of this plan? Through his own sacrifice, which was Christ. So as soon as that moment that Christ came into the, the world, that was the reality of, oh, wow. What he really did and what really happened. But we, we just... We have this sense of pride with our standing because of this. Because of Christ. And it's like we should, none of us should be prideful about that. Thankful. Ah, amen. Beating our chest and going, look at me. I'm forgiven and I have a savior. You clearly don't know the cost of it. And the depth of it. In the fact that even right now, currently, you think God loves you as a human in your flesh? You don't have 
any standing with God. It is only the Holy Spirit inside you that allows him to see that atoning sacrifice for your sin. So again, that's just something that is the depth of this in in turning around and celebrating it really, really just convicted me more even this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I guess, yeah, I mean, it was this year that even, I mean, these are all things that I've known, but just in the timing of, of studying and diving into first John and just being stuck, you know, the Lord leading me to the first couple of verses, um, to just kind of break down there. Um, and I, when I did this, I was just like, I, I know that I'm going to make a lot of people who do Christmas and celebrate and all this stuff angry, but I want to be able to get my heart right with this and show how, and there's nothing wrong. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with it, but I think we should go at a completely different angle at this. And I think this is something that like Paul Washer has said, the, the idea of your standing and the, and talking like this, this was common speech 150, 200 years ago among, among Christians. They knew their standing. They knew that yeah. they were vile wretches and they were in absolute, they didn't deserve anything. And that Jesus Christ was sufficient, just like Paul, that he suffered, you know, he suffered all of these things. Christ is sufficient. You don't need anything else and you don't deserve anything else. And God isn't going to miraculously just make your situation amazing. You know, that's just not because he already has like, and he doesn't owe you anything else. And so we don't understand this. And we just, that I think that just drives everything that we celebrate, everything that we do, how we just go about different things. I know I feel the guilt. We used to do the whole thing, you know, of think it was cute to, to say happy birthday to Jesus. Oh yeah. I did that was something that tree, we did. The cupcakes you know, and all this just, stuff. Yeah. That we did that during Christmas. Let's bring Christ back into Christmas and think when we do, Let's hold the phone a second. Let's whoa, 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 pump the brakes and think about it and honestly weigh it as a believer mm-hmm. and go, to me, it just, it just blew me away. I mean, it did. I, I just, I felt so unworthy of anything. I did not feel, you know, like I had anything to be proud of and i and i don't even we celebrate hanukkah we don't celebrate christmas so you know (laughs) and i was just like my goodness like just thinking of the fact that that was the reality of when he actually had to enter the world and and the reality of when this happened and then the horrible nasty death that he had to take for us like that's his life here it wasn't something for us to celebrate. That was a morning. That's a, this is this is where our, our this is where even though it's out of it is out of context, and I don't want to act like this verse is in this context. But when James says in James four nine, when he says, "Be wretched and mourn and weep; let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom," it's somewhat out of context because he's obviously not referring to this. Um, but he's still got the same idea that obviously um, 
you know, instead of celebrating, instead of being prideful, um, the only, the only proper reaction to God's coming judgment is to be wretched and mort and weep. And that's what this was all about. That's what this whole life meant. That's what, you know, God's wrath being poured out on him Mm -hmm. for our iniquities. Um, I think we should be, I think we should mourn that and weep that and let our, our joy and all of our celebration be turned to kind of gloom. I'm a wretched, horrible sinner that my Savior had to be born as a human to be able to reconcile us to God because we had been offered everything to start with. And we will, and if, you know, and the fact that God and all, you know, we call him all loving and amen, but we don't understand the depth of that love. And it it blows you away to go, you cared about man that much to do that. That's amazing. Just so your glory could be shown. And so you could share in your glory and, and, and be in that. That is something that I don't understand. I, why he does that. I mean, we're horrible, filthy, disgusting. (laughs) Which is. I mean, if if we just cease to exist one day and act like he never did it to begin with, it would it would make a lot more sense if the Bible said that, but it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not I how mean, that goes. I, I mean, it, we are just a bunch of you know. Uh, he had it right the perf you know the first time, and everything is perfect, and he did this, and he accomplished everything perfect, and and the story of that is absolutely and, and we're living it and to see it play out is is something to be joyful and and excited and and ready but it's also we need to know our place it's just funny because we 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 want to put ourselves in our place in every other situation right we want to be respectful and not prideful and we're taught in every other situation except when it comes to these types of things and i think that we need need to question and think about these things more. So I think that was our, uh, mm. we haven't been back with podcasts for a long time. So we might as well just throw hour an hour and, and a half, half podcast out there and see what happens. <laughs> see how many people can be furious. It's um, not about that though. It's just stopping and looking at these things and going to scripture. What mm-hmm. does it say? Um, we, I guess we'll just go ahead and, um, <laughs> If we haven't already upset a whole bunch of people, uh, we have our online church that we started. Um, we have all the information is on our website. How to get to that? We can. Um, we have links in it everywhere. Aphomechurch.com. Um, everybody is welcome. Come join we us. We meet on Sunday and Wednesday. Um, come join us if you're interested. If not, totally cool. Um, we also have, uh, if you're if you're totally down with supporting this podcast, feel free. Um, all of the uh, ways to do that is in all the places too. So, yeah. Did you have anything else to say? Man, I don't think so. All right, I think we're gonna go eat. <laughs> all right, <laughs> bye guys. Bye.